What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is December 31st, New Year's Eve. Um, let's get it started. All right, we're going to start off with our sports rundown. Go to the week, uh, continuing with the 2000s. Then we're heading into our wing review, questions from the fans, and ending with coaches point. So to get that sports rundown started off, our men's basketball team de- defeated Monmouth College. Our women's basketball t- team defeated North Park University 97-67. And check out dohawks.com for the rest of that schedule. We got a busy, busy January coming up, so check out that dohawks.com for all those schedules. We have a special guest. Unfortunately, Nick was not able to make it with us today. He is uh, on a trip, a training trip in Miami. So we got special guest Jim Knappersack on with us today. Recurring guest. Again, yeah, you are official second <laughs> I'm time. The, I'm, am first I the first ever. recurring guest? Yes, yes. If you, you guys know, didn't notice that I did the rundown before, <laughs> the maybe people wouldn't know. recurring guest? Does that work? Does, no. I don't, I don't know if that... Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that well, Yeah, glad to be here, uh, Cole. Thanks for... Uh, you know, having me back on, and sorry, Nick, uh, you couldn't be here, but I think you're enjoying Miami plenty for us <laughs> here in Dubuque. Yeah, so what's, what are your thoughts? Go ahead, and let's start, start us off. 2000s, who you got? So in the 2000s, I think there's really only one band that uh, is, is worthy of this discussion, and it's a band that's been touring for 28 years, going on 29 in 2020, and that is the Dave Matthews Band, based out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, The band has sold over 31 million albums in the United States alone, and uh, they won a Grammy in 1996 for the song So Much to Say. Uh, It's a band that... I will admit, I've not been there since the very, the very beginning, since obviously I was born in 1991, but uh, probably now for the last 10, I think 10-ish, 11 years, uh, I've been a big fan, and uh, for me, it's it's one of those artists that whatever mood you're in, you can turn them on, and there's going to be a song that fits your mood. They've got the jam band, they've got the high energy, they've got uh, a little bit of that romantic edge when uh, when you're feeling a little sentimental. Um, and then honestly, one of my one of my favorite tunes is actually pretty depressing. Uh, Grave, <laughs> Grave Digger um, is a song about uh, basically you know burying your loved ones, but it's a uh, depending on the day, it kind of hits you hits you in the feels when you need it. So it's uh, for me, it's one of those bands that it's just they're so diverse. Um, and 100% for as good as their albums are, they are, I think you guys talked about it with Garth Brooks a couple weeks ago, they are performers. Um, and so whenever I've had the opportunity to see Dave Matthews Band live, it uh, it's pretty electric. Uh, Alpine Valley, hoping, uh, hoping they're heading there this summer, be able to get to see them. I think that would be concert number six or seven, I don't know. But uh, that's for the 2000s. Hands down, my my goat of the week is the Dave Matthews Band. I've actually have never heard them perform, but I've heard they're just incredible in live. Um, but you, what's your song? Uh, so my 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 favorite song. It's really hard to pick, but I think today I'm going to go with uh, "So Much to Say" by the Dave Matthews Band. Talk about the weather. Yeah, yeah. 
right. Well, hey, that was a, a valiant effort. Um, <laughs> but I think, honestly, uh, hands down, it's Eminem. Um, he, was, he had the most downloads of any song in the decade of the 2000s alone. It was Lose Yourself. Um, in 2002, the Eminem show won him the best rap album, and he won that award for three straight years. Um, he has received over 15 Grammy Awards. Forbes noted Eminem the best-selling rapper of all time. Yeah, I think you provide a lot of valid points. Two very different types of artists, um, but I, you know, I, I, I would give it to you. I think uh, two very, very valuable. I mean, options. don't get me wrong. Um, Dave Matthews Band is. I like that they do have that like ability to kind of have those different emotions, hit those those highs, those lows, um, different songs and whatnot. Um, but when you just look at the body of work of the impact that somebody had on one decade alone, um, what Eminem was able to do with the rap game was, I mean, incredible. And kind of how he structured and kind of changed the 2000s was pretty impressive. Well, and I think he's one of those artists that bridged the gap because he had that connection with Dr. Dre. And so that bridges the gap from the 80s and that really uh, – really hardcore urban hip-hop rap, and mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe, he, I don't know if he realized that at the time, but I think that bridged the gap to the, um, you know, kind of that pop rap that we have today, the the Busta Rhymes or even the, the Jason Derulo, all that kind of stuff. I think without Eminem as such a focal piece of that, I don't know if we necessarily bridge that gap in the way that we saw. What song are you choosing? Lose Yourself. So here is Lose Yourself by Eminem. Right, beef. Speaking of the pop rap kind of mixture, I'm going with the pop punk rock here. <laughs> Blink 182. All very, right. very good choice. Yeah. I mean, I'm 100% really biased in this aspect, but I think the 2000s might be the best era of music. It's like my favorite era. I don't know if it, I consider it like I the think, best. I think our parents just like yeah, lost I know, their I know. mind at you but saying that. My favorite by far is the 2000s. Blink 182. Just dominated. I mean, they really like it started in like the late 90s, but they cleared out the 2000s and then, well, they actually broke up in 2005 to 2008, I think, or 2009. But it, I think it just shows like they're how powerful they were when they, because even though they broke up for three out of the 10 years in 2000, 2010, they're still like putting out music today and yeah, it's like still like. Eminem never broke up. Uh, well, I don't <laughs> think that's possible because it's only one guy. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, the uh, the first time they changed true members was because uh, Leroy died. So not really a breakup, <laughs> well, but um, yeah, I think that's maybe that, a bit of a red flag, Cole. What do you think if a band breaks up? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that that would be necessarily the goat, but I mean, well, do you know why they kind of broke up? Sure, There's throw it a at me. Crash. Oh well. So, I mean, yeah, take that back. <laughs> I just don't know. They were very good in the decade. I just don't know if they had the course of the body of work to necessarily make them the goat of the 2000s. I mean, 
Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I understand there's some I, bias, I, and I, I know that, that like they're definitely probably that would be a great argument to have of the punk rock because that's kind of when the 2000s and the punk rock really mm-hmm. kind of yeah. took off. So I mean, I think it'd be a great conversation, maybe another podcast, to even just talk about the punk rock in yeah, 2000s for sure. Um, and dive into different bands with that. And I, I think I've seen a, a playlist on Spotify Ooh. for like punk rock I 2000s. Wonder, I wonder who made that playlist. <laughs> Your very own Trent Hanselman. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with, I don't even know what song I want to choose. There's so many good ones. I think I'm going to go with I Miss You, Blink-182. And hear your voice of treason. Will you come home and stop this pain tonight? Stop this pain tonight. So waste your time on me. You're already the voice inside my head. So waste your time on me. You're already the voice inside my head. All right. Well, that's going to lead us into the wing review. This is how you know Nick is not here, is normally, like every other episode, we've done the wing review first and then go to the week, and now we're flipped. So, Nick, we need you. Come back. Please don't stay in my end. <laughs> All right. For this week's wing review, we actually went to Dubuque's own Applebee's. Yeah, Applebee's. Um, so, I'm going to throw <laughs> this out there kind of to start. I'm a big believer that Applebee's is better at lunchtime than it is at dinner Very time. Very true. Very true. That is so true. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but for some reason, um, I think they're better at lunch. But these wings, the size is great. Um, they So Nuge brought up a good point. Um, he said they're actually called double crunch, um, like on their menu, which means like it, def- it definitely didn't leave up to live up to the hype of the double crunch. But it did make it kind of like that perfect kind of like crunch for the wing. Um, I mean, it was above average wing. Um, the tenderness could have like it didn't necessarily fall off the bone, and that's what kind of kept it down a little bit. But I mean, I believe I gave it a seven two or somewhere yep. in that range. Um, and I mean that wing, it was good. I would definitely go back and get the wings. Not gonna lie, I was going into this like hoping that this was going to be better than like KFC and Casey's. Like I was, I had literally zero high expectations whatsoever. I was expecting these to be not good. And honestly, I think that's what like you think about like those different situations and you're like, maybe I'm not saying because like the wing was good. I'm not taking away from that, but like our expectations were were very low low that it was easy to give it a higher score instead of walking into another place where you have such high expectations. And when they don't deliver, then you're you just dock them on that. Very true, very true. So I'll give a quick. Do you want me to? Well, ahead, and, and I want to give you a little insider info because uh, back in the day, uh, two thousand and eleven summer, uh, I was a uh, a chef at Applebee's. Wow! And uh, <laughs> you want to know why you think it's better at lunch? Because most of the staff overlaps from lunchtime to dinner time. So think about it. If you have a job. In hour one, shifts. you're going to be better than you are in hour True. seven. Ergo, Applebee's better at lunchtime. All right, I'll go over all of our scores here. So Nick was here for this wing review, actually. Uh, he had a 7.3. Cole had a 7.2. Uh, myself had a 7.2 as well. And also O'Brien Nugent had a 7.2. That's pretty consistent. And then uh, I actually took out uh, our two student workers for a little holiday lunch. Um, Owen Funky 
Uh, he gave it a 7.7, and Zach Kemp gave it a 7.4. So we were pretty consistent. Uh, we averaged out um, at 7.33, um, which actually, as I look at the kind of list, fell slightly below Great Dane and right above Shot Tower. So I think, I think that fits pretty well, actually. My grandpa was like, all right, so what are you guys going to do next? Like, there's no way that you guys got many more. I mean, your, I think your we... Your grandpa is, is a listener of the podcast. Yes. And Love he it. goes, "How? I mean, you guys, what, he's like, what episode are you guys on? And he's like, I'm like, 17, Raul? 18? Was this, it, this is, well, we're recording 18. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, like what are you guys <laughs> going to do next? Like, you guys are happy running out of places. I mean, I think we compiled a list of, like, 30 different places that you can get wings. So, I mean... That's I mean, awesome. I'm counting. I have at least another twelve to Does fifteen on my list, and I no, like I ha- <laughs> there's a lot. And what what did we have? Chinese? They had they right. Had chicken uh, wings. Uh, was that Greek dragon? Yeah, they yeah. had chicken wings right on Central so Avenue. There, you got to find. I mean, these were just like the list off the top of my head. I have another ten or fifteen that we still have on the list. All right, so Applebee's with a seven point three three average. Uh, go out, try it for yourself. I mean, there's Applebee's all across time. the country. Go, yeah, go during lunchtime. That score <laughs> might be a little lower at dinner and probably less busy. <laughs> so, also true. So that brings us to questions from the fans. All right, first question. This was actually cold. Did you think of this question, or was you given this question? I thought of this question. Okay. So, would you rather be good at a lot of things or be great at one thing? So. I mean, I, when I was thinking about this, um, I don't know if I was – I think I was watching the President's Cup, um, and I was like, gosh, what I would do to just be – like, if I was awful at everything else and I could be just, like, great at golf, like, that would be – like, if I could just do that at the highest level, um, I mean, I would, I would honestly choose to be great at one thing and <laughs> – Bad or like average, I guess. See, I, I think you got to be a little bit more specific. I don't think you can just say like I would be great at golf. Like, would you be great at driving, or would you be? You know, I mean, I would be at great body? at this sport of golf. Okay, well, I'm, because I if you be great at <laughs> being a human being, well, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> no, I mean, but like I would right, honestly no, like, like go, if, dive, if, dive if I were though, like, if I were to choose like being great at one thing. I would. I guess you're I'd rather be that so like, than out be, of all sports, you would rather be great at golf than. Right. If I had one thing that I wish I could be great at, like this, I mean, I wish I was great at golf. I actually said I would rather be good at a bunch of things than not great at one thing. Because reasons why, one, my opinion is there's someone always better than you, no matter what. There's <laughs> you are not the best at one specific thing, and two, I'd rather be an asset to be able to kind of move other places and like, so, Hey, you could do this or you could do this. Like I'd rather have the opportunity to grow in multiple things than just one thing. I think I've been in situations where I have been like really good at one thing with a group of people. And I think it's, I think it's more enjoyable when you're you know well-rounded. And so am I a 9.0 in something or am I a 6.5 across the board? I think I'm going to take the 6.5. All right. That's fair. That's still a good wing. <laughs> you would eat it again. Would eat it again. <laughs> would you consider yourself funny? No. That was quick. No, I, I've I've got like a few spurts here and there where I can get some laughs, but overall, I do not consider myself funny. <laughs> I know there's different. <laughs> uh, I mean, I bet there's some like 
certain situations, I think I'm too serious or like too, I don't know. I'm pretty intense to probably, I don't know. Funny is definitely not my go-to like <laughs> characteristic. Probably in, intense would probably be like, so I know I'm not funny. Well, and, and I think that the, the truly, the, the people who we consider funny, they are brilliant. And I think it's because like they can read people, they can read situations like at the snap of a finger and they can react right away. Like I'm not like that. So <laughs> I know like a, like funny people tend to have the stereotype of like they're dumb, but I think some of the funniest people in this world are brilliant. So that's yeah, why I'm sure. not funny. Well, that might be me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I think I'm, if people think I'm funny, but I think I'm funny because I laugh <laughs> at my own jokes all the time. I think you're a good time. Yes. Yeah. Would you guys consider me funny? Yeah. Funnier than me, yeah. Funnier than me, yeah. Who's the funniest in our friend group? Uh, it, it'd probably be situational, but over the course body of work, like if you were to yeah. do a decade, I'd give it to you. <laughs> a decade? Thanks. No, I mean, but like, <laughs> I was just saying that because of like, over the longevity, like more scenarios, it'd probably be yourself. Thanks. Um, like, like O'Brien oh, Nugent could N- slide yeah, in can, there. Nuge I, can, he's nothing against you, Beef, but I think I'm putting my money on, on Nuge. I think he's, he's, I, yeah, I, he's I got mean, that wit. And he does, like, yeah. He he's not very loud about it, but no, he his sneaks subtle, in some one-liners that yes. just they, they hit you <laughs> in your core. So yes, I'm gonna go with true. our our uh, director of annual <laughs> giving, Nuge. Speaking of annual giving, today, Tuesday, December 31st, is the last day to make your tax-deductible gifts to Loris College. All gifts to Loris College need to be made online at loris.edu/donate or postmarked before the end of the, the day today, or you could call at 563-588-4966. All right, next question. So I, uh, it's kind of funny. We actually saw a movie yesterday, so this kind of goes in hand, and <laughs> Nuge sat halfway across the theater. Um, where is your seating preference at a movie theater? If I had a choice, mine would literally be, like, dead set in the middle and literally looking flat at the screen. So, like four row four or five rows up from like when you walk up the stairs into a movie theater for me if i'm in a theater like amc where you can't recline all the way back same probably about midway up center of the theater but if i'm in a theater like phoenix where you can recline i'm always tempted to go in the very front row and you just lean back and just soak it all in absolutely not so would you rather if you had to choose, would you rather go up a little bit or down a little bit? In an AMC or like, because that's a that's a valid point. Like, if, I mean, yeah. If yeah. I was to recline, I'd go forward. You would if go I were just up a little bit, if I were to be able to, I recline. would not go to the front row. Though. You got to remember, in Phoenix, it there's not as much elevation change. AMC, True. it goes up pretty right. Quick. But True. if I was an AMC, I'd go back. If I was at Phoenix, I'd go forward. Yeah, that's probably fair. But I'd rather, for me personally, I would rather sit in the back row than the front row. Yeah, that's valid. Okay, what about on an airplane? Ooh. Right on the wing. None. I would rather sit any, <laughs> nowhere because I don't fit on airplanes. <laughs> For me, I like Southwest, the whole like where you got to get to your seat first, that usually doesn't bother me because I will get on a plane on the Southwest flight especially and just go all the way to the back. And the, out of the last three flights I've been on, I've had that row of three seats to myself twice. The other time was just one other guy because no one wants to go to the back because it takes you the long. And that's the other thing. 
Okay, we're going off on a tangent here, but what is everyone's urgency as <laughs> soon as that sound dings? It's like everyone gets up at the same time to get <laughs> yeah, their stuff off, and you're not getting off the plane for another five minutes. If at I least. mean longer that, than that, yeah, I was gonna say that's good. Like for me, I don't I don't even stop watching my Netflix episode <laughs> until half the plane's gone because it's just not even worth it. Yeah. True. All right. True. I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of flights, though, Chris Cam and I had an empty seat between us on our flight to Puerto Rico. Speaking of Puerto Rico, how was that? (laughs) It was awesome. Puerto Rico was incredible. Literally sunny and 85 every single day we were there. It rained like once. It was perfect. The women played, I mean, they played well. They dominated. They won. They went two and one? Two and one. Varsity won both games by over 20. And then JV was actually down, like, I don't know if they were down over 20, but they were down 20 at one point. Near halftime, they came back and lost only by three. So would you make the argument that Coach Heinzen is a better coach in basketball shorts and a T-shirt <laughs> versus True. a suit? Yeah. I mean, he could present this out, the argument because, I mean, he's 2-0, and <laughs> and he won both games by over 20. So, Coach, maybe she'd wear shorts every game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more questions. These are New Year's uh Related questions. This is a quick one. New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? I'm a New Year's Eve. Like, I understand that still some people have to maybe work on New Year's Eve. But, like, the buildup, um, I enjoy, like, because everybody kind of comes together on New Year's Eve. And they have that time. Um, and hitting that clock at 12 o'clock, um, that's more than getting to sit around and enjoy the day off and watch a bunch of football and whatnot. So mine's New Year's Day. You mean New Year's, New Year's Eve? Eve. Uh, I think for me it's it's New Year's Eve. Um, everyone's in a pretty good mood. Um, the, the New Year's Day, I mean, it's it's a close second, but I think if, if you're giving me the choice one or the other, I'm going to pick New Year's Eve, be out with some friends, and, you know, really uh, I think at different points in the night, uh, you you're able to recap, you know, everything that happened. I know, like for me, last last New Year's was a, a special one. I went to Charlotte and and visit a, a really good friend of mine, Travis uh, Meisner, and uh, we were out at a Howl at the Moon, and and uh, you know, said some point before midnight, you know, he he asked if I would be in his wedding. So I think those those types of memories you don't necessarily get on New Year's Day because it's more like a day of lounging and relaxing. So I think for me, uh, I'm gonna go with New Year's Eve. For me personally, I this might be a hot take. I think New Year's Eve is the most overrated holiday of the year. Uh, I mean, like yes and no. Literally all you're doing is adding a year to <laughs> the date. So, Like who cares? It's just another I'm gonna night. Gi- I'm going to give you an inception. Oh Technically, gosh. your new year isn't until you're born. True. So, all right, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean? your birthday is more important. Right, but like, <laughs> it's not. I mean, I understand it's a new year, but a new year for each individual person isn't until you're born. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I just think it's just so overrated. Like, who cares? I mean, I think it's it's cool. It's a good opportunity for people to get together. Um, I wish it wasn't as close. It's kind of nice because like you have Christmas and like that's the time you get to go spend with like your family, and then like for your college friends or. Like, that's a good opportunity for you to get together with more of your, like, friends group and kind of celebrate and hang out that you wouldn't necessarily get. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, that's fair. And I get it's like kind of like a fresh start, but I don't know. I think it's very overrated, so I would choose New Year's Day. I'd rather sit and watch football on a weekday. I think the whole concept of New Year's is like it's a bit of the, you know, you, you, you gives you that opportunity to, to look back, okay, you know, the last last 12 months, like where was I a year ago? And the question, I know it was in some TV show or a movie or whatever, it's like, am I better off today than I was a year ago? You know, and I think at different points in our lives, and, and we're going to get, we might get a little deep here, but I think I've, I've been on both sides of that, right? I mean, Cole, a year ago, you were a, a graduate assistant at Milliken, and now, you know, you're coming up on a great fall season with a, the men's and women's team and a lot of promise moving forward. I know your recruiting's been going really well. You know, a year ago, Trent, you hadn't started working here at Loris yet. You know, you had accepted, but your first day was January 6th. For me, a year ago, I had two full-time jobs, and, you know, I, I don't even know if I was keeping my head above water. Um, you know, so I think for me, 2019, you know, was a lot of transition, a lot of change. We've been through a lot. I mean, even just the three of us in the last, you know, six months, um, you know, and it, it it has me really excited for, for 2020. Um, so there's my, you know, deep moment and why I kind of do like New Year's is because it gives me a, a little bit of time of to reflect on, you know, where I was a year ago and, and where I am today. I mean, I agree. Um, it's just a good time for kind of self-reflection to see how far you've come uh, within that year. And that's why I do enjoy New Year's. And I do because it's like a, you get to reflect, but then you also get a it's a good opportunity um, for people that actually take New Year. Not like that you don't take it seriously, but like it's a good opportunity for you to like kind of hit that refresh button and become like people always kind of put things off but it is a good time for people to literally it's an opportunity to set hit that refresh button it's the beginning of a new year that's true and if you've had a bad 2019 it's like you get to rip that band-aid off and you get to start fresh you know and so i think there's a lot under the surface that gets maybe molded out by the the kazoos and the hoopla and the the ball drop and uh that I think if you really think about it, there's there's actually some some meaning and some uh, importance to the day. So, all right. Speaking of that, New Year's resolutions. Hmm. This one's tough. So, a group of my uh, buddies and I we're gonna do a weight loss challenge from January through March, and uh, mine is gonna be the bet. Uh, I'm gonna try to give up fast food for that time. I it's gonna be tough, and I know I'm not gonna be able to do it, but I'm gonna limit it. I'm going to do my best to limit the amount of fast food that I eat. Um, I want to get back in the a little bit more active. Uh, I think for me, uh, I've, I've kind of gone through multiple stages of the, the weight loss, and I think for me, uh, 25 pounds, you know, is a realistic goal. I, I've honestly been seriously considering trying some classes out at uh, Orange Theory because uh, I think for me it's a lot of it is just the, the motivation. Uh, but the other, the other part of it is, and you guys – will laugh at this, but I'm not the furthest thing from a morning person. <laughs> and to the point where like, I just, I, I, what, even when I try to get up, like I'm not fully functioning. I think for me, one of the things I want to try and start doing is getting up at like seven, seven thirty, And I've, I've got a treadmill literally across the hall from my apartment and I go walk for a half an hour to start my day. And like using that to kind of wake me up and get that blood going. 
and then that way I, you know, have a little bit more of a head start to my day than just rolling out of bed and, and heading to the office. My also one thing I want to focus on is I don't want to say like paying attention to detail, but trying to not let like the little things kind of fall through the cracks, whether it's work or friendships or something like that. Um, just paying closer attention to detail and just kind of making sure I am staying on top of everything and kind of staying focused. Coach's Corner. Yep. So I've been thinking about this and uh, I'm going to go to one that's back to that short game. Um, short game is more important, most important part of your game. Um, so one thing that people kind of struggle with is um, when the putt were to break. So um, any single time that you are to hit a putt, you want to try to hit a putt uh, straight. Um, even So what I'm trying to say is if a putt you're looking at like a six, eight footer that moves right to left, you don't want to necessarily try to hit a putt that is going to like break. You want to hit it to a target that is straight ahead and then let it die down to the hole. So every single putt that you were to hit, um, take probably four to five balls. Um, you're going to hit the putt from the same spot. You're going to place a tee that if you were to hit a straight putt to that mark, it would end up in the hole. Um, so that way it helps with speed control. It helps with uh, a consistent putt that you're not hitting different speeds. So obviously uh, on a different breaking putt, if you were to read a green, um, if you were to play, you could play it a little bit more firm so you could take out some of that break but you would change that straight putt that you would hit. Um, so that's kind of help uh, with those people that need to work on those putts. Mine, is, biggest issue, is the left or right putt. So uh, mine is picking out that straight putt uh, left of the hole and then being consistent with that speed and letting it come back to the hole. That is a good one. So uh, everyone's got amazing cell phones today, right? You know, the the iPhone even from the 7 up to the 11 Pro Max, uh, everything you know takes much better photos today than it did five years ago. But um, the key, you know, whether or not you're shooting on an iPhone or an Android or a DSLR or a mirrorless, whatever it is, the key to good photography is capturing a scene that the, the human eye doesn't naturally see. And so in sports, this is a lot of times achieved by these huge lenses, right? Because they can... From a far distance away, everything gets compressed. You get that action and a nice blurred background. So how do you do that same type of thing with an iPhone? And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is to change your vantage point. And I know this still applies to sports photography or even portrait, but you know, just a couple weeks ago, um, I was in New York City. You know, fortunately, I was uh, on top of the Rockefeller Center. So already I'm, you know, a couple hundred feet in the air. So there's advantage number one, but all around me, everyone's taking photos up there. So what I did is I kind of assessed the, the landscape and we, we actually had some fog coming in. And, uh, what I did is <clears throat> I got down on one knee and used a couple different elements in the foreground. I had a, like a concrete barrier that I used and then that completely changed the entire look of that photo uh, as compared to if I just stood there, snapped it, you know, vertically with my phone. So next time you're out trying to get uh, that next 100-like picture on Instagram, uh, try kneeling down or, depending on what scene you're in, maybe uh, increasing your elevation um, to give a different perspective that to that photo that the everyday person wouldn't normally see. That is one thing that I've learned from you when I started taking photos in athletics is being as low as you possibly can 
I would say nine times out of ten makes photos look better. And people probably see me like sitting down or sitting on my knee like, oh, wow, he's just being lazy yep. and sitting down and not wanting to work. Um, but we're doing that for a reason, and it, it does actually make photos look incredibly well, better. And the reason why it does hmm. is it because it actually makes your subject appear larger than they are. Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, right now I'm sitting across the table from Cole. Um, he's, you know, fills out, you know, that chair. But if I were to get down closer to the ground and I shoot up, all of a sudden, it, in comparison to the full amount of that photo, he's taking up a larger amount. So he's going to appear larger and it gives a sense of power. Now, that you don't always want that effect, but mm-hmm. that's why all of your AP, Reuters, Sports Illustrated photographers are kneeling or sitting in the end zone. They're kneeling at the baseline, and it's because it gives uh, the the illusion that these athletes are larger than they actually are. And that with the larger athlete, uh, it translates visually into a more powerful figure. Yeah. Did you learn something there, Cole? Yeah, I Finally, did. Finally, you guys get, you get a little taste of uh, our medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know because it's funny because it's say that it's not always what you want because my mom's always like, oh, get it from up, or to- up top because she wants to appear smaller. You know what I mean? So it's funny that like thinking of those different angles and whatnot um, that I didn't necessarily think about anytime that anybody asks for a standard picture. Because even um, kind of thinking about it in golf, um, some people, when they take a video of a golf swing, you're actually supposed to record it from waist height. That way you can see it. That way the angles and what can be off if you're standing up and you're shooting down, that the angles, if you were to put lines on the person's golf swing, don't necessarily match up, aren't actually necessarily true. So that does make sense. Um, uh, I just, I didn't even necessarily think about some of the angles and whatnot that you could get. Um, from just taking like a picture at the Rockefeller Center and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying the next time you want to take a picture <laughs> with your significant other that you know you you're you have someone kneeling on the ground, but um, you know if you're especially when it comes to like landscape, um, you know changing that that level of perception uh, can can take an ordinary photo from uh, point A to something that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, that's, uh, that's Coach's Corner from the Director of Marketing. <laughs> Um, do you have a quote of the week? Um, so I read a quote. This is kind of a dad joke. Um, <laughs> speaking of New Year's, um, <laughs> it was, man, we're all so hungry. We haven't eaten all year. You have to say on New Year's <laughs> Day before you eat breakfast. <laughs> that is a good one. I am 10 out of 10 using that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not necessarily that motivational stuff, but nice uh, crack joke to the New Year. Or you get the... The people like tomorrow when they leave work. <laughs> All right, see you next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Nick tried to on the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even close. Well, I guess in theory he wasn't wrong. We I didn't seen see him. him. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen him. So, hey, thanks for listening to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. Catch you next week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.